Code Wins, Episode 15. In this episode, Michael Jackson and Ryan Florence join me to discuss what's special about React.js, why it changes the way we think about building web and mobile apps. Welcome to the Code Wins Podcast, where I cover leading edge web developer news and training with an emphasis on JavaScript, React.js, and Node. My name is Jeff Barjeski, and I am here to help you navigate the winds of change. Today, Michael Jackson and Ryan Florence join me for a fun discussion about React.js and why it fundamentally changes the way we think about and build web and mobile apps. We discuss React, React Native, Isomorphic JavaScript, React Router, and so much more. Once you've completed this episode, I think you'll understand why we are so excited about React and innovations coming out of the React community. The links and show notes for this podcast are available at codewinds.com slash 15, as in episode 15. On to the show. Today, I'm excited to be joined by two great developers, Michael Jackson and Ryan Florence. Michael Jackson has led engineering teams at several San Francisco companies, including Path and Twitter. And he's the primary author of several open source JavaScript libraries, including Mustache and React Router. And Ryan has been creating websites since the early 90s, focusing primarily on front end for the past several years. He's worked as an engineer and developer at Instructure, and he conceived React Router and co-maintains it with Michael. So welcome, Michael and Ryan. Hi, thank you for having us on the show. Yeah, thanks for having us. I had the pleasure of collaborating with Michael when I was working at Elsevier, and we were using Strata, the, the uh, Node web framework that uh, Michael created. And he uh, instantly responded to my questions and pull requests, and so it was really a, a great experience uh, to uh, to work with you on that. And Ryan, I just I just loved your your talks uh, at JSConf um, when you actually talked about Angular, Ember, Backbone, and React. Uh, I couldn't believe that you got that all and Polymer. And Polymer, you know, all in 30 minutes. I, <laughs> you contrasted and compared and gave, gave some great examples, and I thought it was amazing. Thanks. I was glad that uh, we could get you on today to continue the discussion on React. So, awesome, uh, man. Yeah, it was, it was cool to finally uh, put a name or put a face with the name uh, at, at React.com. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, anyway, so let's get, let's get right into it uh, and talk about React. So why, uh, why should people get excited about React? What's, uh, what's special about it? So, uh, for me at least, uh, you know, when you've been around for a while, you've used a lot of different libraries, and, and it seems like there's a new JavaScript framework every other day. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 you know, when you first hear about something new, you, and, and, uh, and I was the same way about a year ago when I first heard about React, I was like, yeah, yeah, right, you know, it's, it's, it's just another thing. Um, and it's, but it's it's so rare that something actually comes along that really changes how we think about building stuff. Uh, it's not just um, it's not just using the same old uh, imperative methods for building applications that we have had for years with frameworks like you know MooTools and jQuery and and YUI and a bunch of others. Dodo. Um, it actually, you know, made popular this idea of building things with a virtual DOM uh, and abstracting away a lot of the 
the hassle of worrying about you know managing your DOM state manually. So you know, I, I would say that React, as far as you know, for me personally, it 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 changed the way that I code as much as you know jQuery did back in two thousand eight. You know, it's it really yeah. is on that level of oh my gosh, this is really going to change the way that I work and and how much I enjoy my job on a day to day basis. Yeah, for me, um, you know, Michael just mentioned the kind of two generations ago frameworks and then we've got uh, the or I guess one generation ago and yeah. we've got the current ones like uh, Ember and Angular and um, Knockout stuff like that which did a great job of uh, getting us away from all of the imperative stuff and uh, we get like these nice dynamic temp or not dynamic templates these static templates uh, to declare our UI and then they've got these frameworks underneath that keep them up to date and uh, that, that was a big shift too but it was just building upon everything that we knew before, like uh, observing objects when they change and then updating the UI. We just didn't have to update the UI ourselves anymore, but still under the hood, we were observing and mutating objects. Um, and what I what excites me about React is uh, it doesn't care about your data model. Uh, you just use plain JavaScript objects. People always ask me, React is just the view. What do you use for models and controllers? And I just <laughs> sort of grin at them and I say, oh, well, for my models I use... Um, array, object, <laughs> number, uh, <laughs> things like that. And uh, but it, it, the new paradigm with React is we aren't observing, we aren't uh, having a bunch of events. Um, we're just throwing data at functions, and then they return descriptions of UI. Yeah. And it's hard to explain until you start doing it how big of a shift this makes in your uh, user interface development to not worry uh, about your app over time. You're not mutating the state of objects over time um, in your UI components anyway. You're just throwing data at them. And man, that simplifies so much. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've had the same experience uh, when, I, when I've been uh, using React. It just, it just, it's easy to reason about, um, you know, the it's simple functions, you know, the everything is right there. And so it's, uh, you know, just... Just I just love working with it, so it's uh, it's been different. The uh, the other thing that I that gets me really excited is um, all those those uh, static templates from other libraries uh, solve a lot of great problems. They also introduce new problems where now you have to have these new template languages that implement new things. Um, so like Ember recently got uh, block parameters in their each loops. Um, when you're in React when you map over data, you already have block parameters because you're just in JavaScript um, or in Angular. It's just uh, a function, right? It's just yeah, yeah. a function, yeah. yeah. And then like in Angular, you've got um, you've got these directives, which are a great, great abstraction for an Angular app, uh, but they're by nature global. And um, JavaScript has already solved, same with web components, actually. I don't need to talk about Angular web components. Your web components are globals. Um, but your UI components in React don't have to be global because they're just JavaScript functions, so we get to use the solutions that JavaScript already provides, like modules and scope, uh, things like that, and we don't have to wait for the framework's template language to implement a solution for that. Yeah, that's it, it really does make things easier, especially when you have a lot of uh, conditional logic like that and, and different things that you need to 
deal with. Um, yeah, trying to do it in a template is just difficult, and, and you can just drop down JavaScript and and uh, and do it in React, and it's it's so simple. Mm-hmm. I, I also love um, <clears throat> now. This isn't so specific to React because quite a quite a few of the other uh, frameworks, in particular uh, Ember and Angular, are doing the same thing. But but React uh, and the, and the community behind it really uh, is embracing. Uh, evolving the language and pushing it forward, uh, and I and, and like I said, I think this is something that everybody's doing. Um, the Babel project, in particular, comes to mind as being something that is is incredibly useful, you know. And and Babel and React work very very closely together. Babel nowadays, in fact, has uh, they just launched with some specific optimizations for React, um, and uh, you know things like you know using ES6. Uh, just you know, just using Common JS like uh, or 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 uh, ES6 modules, mm-hmm. you know, decisions like that kind of help me uh, to 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 just get sort of past sort of this baseline of of oh, what module system I'm going to use, what what you know, what am I, how am I going to write my JavaScript, and they get me sort of past that and into the land of okay, I'm actually now writing writing my app, uh, which it might sound trivial, but it, it kind of for a, for a long time there for for the past couple of years has been there's been a lot of pain around that you know mm-hmm. there've been competing module systems uh, you know there've been competing you know specs and standards and uh, you know for how you're going to write your javascript there's coffeescript and typescript and so it, it it just kind of feels really nice to have uh, you know a tool chain that's uh, that that is adopted by the whole community and that uh, that makes it really really easy and quick to get started with things yeah, it'd be great if we had something as as quick as Ember CLI too, because that like that's probably the fastest out there for front end development to just start building your app immediately, and uh, yeah. And so that that would basically uh, generate you a, a frame or a, something to start with. Is that kind of what CLI does, or? Yeah, Ember Ember CLI does that. Um, uh, but like what Michael's saying is, um, a React has kind of picked some. Uh, maybe not picked, but um, the the community has picked some general conventions. Like pretty much everyone uses Webpack, and everyone uses CommonJS modules, or using Babel, they'll use ES6 modules that mm-hmm. compile down to CommonJS. Yeah. And so that makes library authors like us um, it makes our jobs a lot easier because we can just ship to npm and use CommonJS modules, and yeah. we know that React users can consume our stuff, and we don't have to like, you know, do a whole bunch of dancing around to to distribute those kinds of components. Right, right. So I guess one question that a lot of people might have is, well, is this just, you know, another framework? I mean, is it like Angular Ember is just another flavor of something? I mean, I know we've talked about some of the differences of, um, you know, being more functional and all that, but uh, how would you guys answer that? So uh, we actually had a little uh, a little conversation on Twitter the other day uh, about this. Pete Hunt uh, you know, so Ember is working on their new um, uh, rendering engine called Glimmer. Uh, they're doing a lot of cool stuff. Um, and then Pete was kind of like, wow, you know, React could be a really good uh, rendering layer for, for Ember. <laughs> and, and when you think about it that way, it, it really helps you to see just yeah. how uh, small and not small, but but how, um, you know, how, how, how sort of nicely... Uh, uh, separated yeah uh, the responsibilities are you know that the, the problems that react tries to solve really are just about 
uh, your view layer. Uh-huh. Um, whereas, you know, Ember or, or, you know, takes a much more holistic approach or, or Angular, take a much more holistic approach to managing sort of the whole app. Uh, something that's really been a breath of fresh air for me is, for example, taking uh, React, and I know Ryan has done a lot of this as well, uh, you know, taking React and integrating it with an existing, you know, DOM library, uh, yeah. or, you know, like, like jQuery or, or, or even like a, a backbone library. Um, it's, it, it makes it really, really easy. To, uh, the, the abstraction that React gives you makes it easy to say, um, you know, for example, in, you know, component did update. Okay, now I know, you know, that in, inside this method I can go and grab the DOM node and I can, and I can do whatever I want with it. Similarly, the, the high-level uh, react.render method uh, just takes a DOM node as its second argument. You know, where do you want me to render this component? So if I had some React code living inside a larger Ember or Backbone app, I could just, uh, you know, somehow get a reference to the DOM node where I want my, my little piece of React to live and then just say react.render my component to that node. Yeah, uh, and and the larger framework surrounding it doesn't have to know anything about yeah. that yeah. node or what React is doing in that part of the DOM. Yeah, so that's, that's great. It, it's really nice how how the responsibilities are very very well defined. Uh, you know, React uh, just owning the view layer for you. Yeah, generally speaking, uh, if you pick Angular or Ember, uh, you're probably dealing with a greenfield application. Um, although, uh, like. I know the front side. Uh, it's a consultancy down in Austin, run by Brandon Hayes. Uh, they they do a lot of integrating Ember into real apps or existing apps. Uh, but but generally, Ember wants to own the whole thing. Um, whereas with uh, React, like Michael saying, you can you can sneak it into a mature app. You know, most of us can't go and rewrite our whole app. Uh, if we have if we have an app that's paying the bills, um, we're not about to rewrite it. Uh, but we still want to use new technology. Maybe we're, we're running into performance issues, or maybe people just want to use new tech. Maybe um, you just got such old stuff, uh, no one's having fun, and recruiting's getting harder. Um, recruiting gets a whole lot easier if you're using uh, something that people are excited about. Um, and I, from experience, I found React to uh, iterate into a mature app incredibly well uh, without disrupting everything else around it. That's fantastic. So... Uh I guess the next question. Oh, would be, I was going to oh, say that. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, um, so, the original question was: Is this just another Angular Ember? Or like, what's different about this? Um, Angular 2.0 and Ember 2.0 look and sound an awful lot alike, like uh, React. So, uh, it's 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 not just new and exciting to a lot of other people. It's actually exciting <laughs> to Angular and exciting to Ember. Both of those teams love React. Yeah. Um, and, and and they love the direction that it has helped them go uh, with their new with their new versions. Angular is getting rid of controllers um, and scope, and they're focusing on components. Ember is getting rid of uh, their controllers and um, and their views, and they're just focusing on components. Wow. Um, they're talking about one-way data flow. Uh, like, yeah, in in another year or two, uh, React, Angular, and Ember are going to all feel very very similar. Yeah. That's fantastic. So, uh, next next logical question is, uh, you know, if uh, who could use it? Who can use this uh, uh, React? You know, it, 
or who would be a perfect person that could use it on, you know, is there certain types of projects or pretty much any project could, could probably take advantage of React? So, uh, some of the, some of the, you know, people who've been asking, uh, us to help them with their React apps are, you know, companies who have, uh, you know, highly, like, like as, as Ryan described, the mature apps, you know, these are apps that have been around for a long, long time. Um, and they need a way to try and and revive them. They need to try a way to try and work on them and and, and you know prevent the code base from from growing stale and rotting. Um, and React is works uh, works really really well in those types of situations. It's also a, a great solution for a, you know a greenfield app. Um, in fact, one of the reasons that we that we wrote uh, React Router, which we'll probably get to uh, in a minute, but uh, was uh, because we wanted to write greenfield apps uh, with React, and uh, you know we were used to being in, in. Ryan and I actually both come from a, a background where we use a lot of Ember, um, and uh, Ember, you know, manages the URL for you and and sort of. Uh, updates the whatever is going to be on the page according to what's in the URL, right? That's super awesome. URLs are are incredibly important piece of the web, uh, and we were missing that with with React because uh, you know it it just takes care of your views for you. So we wanted something that would help us to um, declare ahead of time which views were going to be rendered and what the component hierarchy looked like given a certain URL. Um, so anyway, getting back to to your question, you know, with uh, something like the router, uh, you know, and and some history and state management, uh, you know, React is also a really really great uh, solution for for greenfield apps. So I I don't really see any situation where I would say, uh, you know, today if you're developing the UI in JavaScript that it's that it's not a good fit. I think it could it's highly flexible. It could fit almost anywhere you you need it to. Um, I I've used. Uh... I've used React in some kind of weird places. Uh, when I was doing React Week, I've got a little repository during the lectures, and uh, I wanted it to create... Right, I needed a bunch of index.html files for each of the um, topics that I was going to do. And so in my uh, npm start, I actually used React in my little build script to create index.html files, rendered them okay. to HTML, and then I saved the file into my directory. <laughs> um, I know someone awesome. else who uh, has used React in our router to build a static site generator. So they built their app with our with our router, and then I don't know how they crawled their routes, but they crawled the routes and then kicked out a bunch of HTML and then just uploaded those static files <laughs> up to AWS or something. <laughs> um, but I think, uh, yeah, um, so we, we've talked a lot about uh, brownfield development, or uh, iterating React into um, existing apps. Um, and then we've talked a little bit about greenfield development with React. Uh, React also brings something brand new to the table um, for greenfield development is uh, server-side rendering. So now you can render your entire UI on the server before it goes to the browser, send all the HTML down, the user sees it immediately before your JavaScript even downloads. Your CSS is there, everything's there. Once the, the JavaScript application lands in the browser, it looks at the HTML that it wants to render into, looks at a little checksum and figures out that it is actually the same application that rendered this previously on the server. Um, and so then it leaves the HTML alone 
and then just adds the DOM events on top. And now it's a client-side app. It's a, or a single-page application, as some people call it. And now as you click around, um, you don't go back to the server except for, for data. So like it's eliminated the trade-offs of should I render in the client or should I render on the server? Uh, you just do both, and you get the benefits of both. Yeah. Yeah, that's really exciting. I, that's one of the neatest things that uh, uh, that I uh, you know came across when I was learning React was was the ability to you know, create these isomorphic uh, apps and and I really liked your uh, demo Ryan when you showed that um, with React Router where you had a an app and you showed you know okay here's what it looks like you know normally uh, when you're using it and I can turn on turn off JavaScript and everything still works so I mean you know so you've got all the SEO from a rendered uh, app if you need to be crawled by search engines. So you've got that, the, the HTML is there. Um, and so that can also give you a great startup performance when you go to the page and then, but it also works as a client, you know, a, a single page app as well. So uh, you get all the benefits of that too. So really, really pretty awesome. Speaking uh, specifically to the, to the point about, uh, about rendering on the server side, I think that is incredibly significant as well because it, it closes uh, the gap uh, between you know, server server rendered pages and, and client rendered pages. Uh, I think everybody uh, probably remembers the the famous blog article from uh, from uh, Twitter back in 2012. I was actually at Twitter in 2012 when I was when, so angry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when uh, when Dan Dan Webb, who uh, he's he, you know he's an he's an awesome developer and and I really have a ton of respect for him and, and we did uh, you know really enjoyed working with him at Twitter and you know they made the decision that uh, we needed to render you know stuff on the server because our client rendered app was just too slow um, and and they were right you know our client rendered app was way too slow we were using uh, mustache js at the time we even rolled our own version of of uh, mustache to you know try and make it faster but despite that it, that that doesn't change the fact that somebody who's you know downloading your app over you know 3G in in you know some distant part of the world is uh, you know waiting forever for for stuff to render on on the page and so you know rendering server side is is a really really valid use case um, and so what React brings to the table is you know, they, they just say, well, you know, honestly, we don't really care where you render. <laughs> you could render on the server <laughs> if you're on a slow network. You could render on the client if you're in, you know, really fast browsers. Um, and now it's, you know, it's, they give us that, that possibility. And so now it's just up to us to, to leverage that and build tools that make it really, really trivial to, uh, to decide where something is going to be rendered. It even goes farther than that. You can render to native iOS views. You can yeah. render to the canvas. You can render to Netflix's JSON web embedded, whatever that is that they showed. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like the, the abstraction is really, really good. It's here's a declarative UI, uh, just throw data at it. And then we have methods to kick out different versions of the uh, uh, the it's like you're targeting the DOM, you're targeting a string, you're targeting um, UI, uh, native UI. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, so the question who can use it, uh, <laughs> looks like almost everybody pretty soon here. Yeah, that's great. And so we've, you know, so you can, you can really just use this however you need to, if you need, if you've got a project ready, you can start using it. If you're doing something fresh from scratch, you can, you can do it that way. Um, and even if you're, 
you know, leveraging other frameworks now and you need to just pick pieces where you want to do this or, or maybe you want to start using it for the render render layer and, and improve performance. So there's lots of ways to, to bring it, bring it in. So, uh, I guess next question I, I had is, so uh, for all your, you know, the, the classes you've had and the students and that, is it, is it hard to learn? Is it, uh, is react hard? I know, you know, with angular, you've got this up and down where you can start to get productive, but then it gets hard. And then, you know, and you, you know, it's an up and down curve of, yeah. of, of learning. And so how does react compare? Um, at in structure, um, by my last, I was there almost four years, uh, by my last year and a half, uh, I was mostly in a consulting role. I wasn't doing a whole lot of feature development in any of the applications. And I just, uh, went around training the teams on our, on our front end stack and helping build reusable components across the stack and, uh, teaching them, uh, react was probably, uh, it was just it was clearly easier for everyone to get. Uh, if if you can program, um, you can you can write React, and not so many walls. Like some of the frameworks, you hit walls because you need to do it an exact way, which is arguably a good thing that they they force you down certain routes in React. That in a lot of cases, in the other cases, React is a little bit more open. Um, and what I what I really liked about it is it allowed me and the people on my teams to code ourselves out of problems um, and then ship. And then maybe that wasn't the best code, uh, but that that code that like we all kind of recognized was ugly or didn't like a whole lot, it's got the right walls around it. Uh, you're inside of a component. And so it's it protects uh, that ugly, it protects the rest of the code from that kind of junk that you did in there. Um, so yeah, React, there's, there's not a whole lot to learn. If you know JavaScript, you almost know all of React already. Um, but it just gives you the, a really great boundary um, and then is open enough to let you code yourself out of problems and actually ship things. Yeah, well, I wanted to hit on that, that last point that you made, Ryan, about, um, about there you know, being less to learn. Um, I, I think that's really, really significant. I think whenever you see a library with a really, really large API... Uh, that's that's a pretty good sign that uh, it could be a lot simpler that that it that it might be um, that that it might be kind of difficult to use uh, and so you know React it, I think a lot of the power in it comes from creating the right abstraction and lots of times you'll think that you need something um, and this for me has been the hardest part of learning React is you're used to doing something a certain way, and you'll think that you need something that React doesn't give you, but then you kind of start working through it in your head, and you realize, well, no, like, I don't actually need that, and I can just do it like this. <laughs> um, and, and, and it's, you know, it's, in that way, it, it kind of helps you. The, the React authors are fond of saying that... Uh, it helps you to fall into the pit of success, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, and and it, and it really does. I think yeah. you know some of the stuff that Ryan has said illustrates that as well. It's it's it uh, it makes it easy for you to do things well, easier for you to do things well because of of its tiny API and and the constraints that it that it gives you. Yeah. So I, I probably did uh, two dozen trainings with my team at Instructure. Uh, uh, maybe not that many in the teens somewhere though, and then uh, front end masters, and then React Week recently. Uh, so I've got quite a bit of experience teaching React to people, 
and um, it's almost never React that they're struggling with. It's usually just JavaScript. Mm. Wow, that's that's fantastic. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Uh, so anyway, I guess uh, I, I'm also curious uh, what what brought you guys to uh, to using React in the first place. You know, what, how did it get uh, get going in your various uh, companies? Oh, you want to see the uh, the tweet stream? I gotta pull up my old. <laughs> I gotta pull up my old tweet. Uh, no, so so uh, yeah, you know how how Ryan and I got to using uh, React was it was kind of what's the maybe. word serendipity? Yeah, maybe maybe I should go first because I had been using it, and then you tweeted that thing. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I man, I like. I have. I have a, I'll, find I, it. I'll go find the tweet. Yeah, um, yeah, that'd be good to have the tweet for the listeners to go look at. Um, yeah, we'll put this in the show notes. So in structure, we 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 bet on Ember. Um, we were a rail shop. I really liked convention over configuration, and mm-hmm. I mean Yehuda Katz, he's an amazing developer. Yep. Uh, all had a lot of trust in him, and so we went with Ember. Uh, we had it for, I mean, we were messing with it for almost a year, and um, kind of weren't shipping anything. Um, I, I don't know why. That could be a failure of our team. Um, it could be my failure because I was kind of the one trying to help everyone do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for whatever reason, uh, it wasn't really working out. Um, we had a heck of a time unit testing it too because uh, Ember likes to own an app, right? And so mm-hmm. the yeah. uh, unit testing is kind of difficult because how do you get a component on the page if you don't have a handlebars template? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, yeah. Uh, so we just had some struggles, mostly around testing and also just ramping people up and learning it. And uh, around around the height of my uh, frustration, because I, I literally spent my entire day just debugging people's Ember tests and trying to figure out where the heck errors were happening, um, I was able to speak at JSConf. And I was just going to talk about Ember, Backbone, and uh, Angular. And then the, um, the organizer sent me an email like three weeks before the, the talk saying, hey, we were wondering if you could throw React and Polymer in there as well. <laughs> So, uh, yeah. so well, I got 30 minutes, so that means five minutes each. <laughs> um, and so renamed the talk to Ambular Actrum or Bone, and then, uh, and then I messed with it. And so, like, I had looked at React right when it first came out, and in, like, 10 minutes, redid their demos in Ember, and I was like, uh, you know, uh, brushed my hands off and said, I don't need React. Um, but this is almost a year later, and so I finally got done with it. Uh, for my talk and after an hour I was just like had my face in my hands thinking oh shoot (laughs) (laughs) I want to use this everywhere (laughs) Um, and but I knew that wasn't plausible especially with how amazing Ember's router is and so uh, for the next two hours so my first hour I I was sold next two hours I uh, just kind of did a quick little um proof of concept about how I could make a router that works a lot like Embers in React. And after two hours, I actually had something working. And that probably impressed me the most about React is that I could build an abstraction like that um, in two hours of yeah. barely learning the framework. Wow. People will try to attribute that to like my ability. Ask Michael. I'm not all that great of a developer. Oh, God. <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying. I, I'm, <laughs> I said that the wrong way that came out. Uh, we, we, we had no idea what we were doing with React when we started building the router. Uh, like, but, but we still made it. Yeah. So exactly. We made it, and it worked. Like, 
I tried to get into like figuring out, you know, other library like their core code and trying to be a contributor and stuff. And uh, I was I was never able to to just pick up something as quickly as I was able to pick up React and like build a router like it, it and, and it worked. <laughs> and it was it was it was really uh, an eye opener for me of like. Two guys who had no idea what they were doing were actually able to make something that worked and was useful for other people. So uh, that that to me was a huge uh, testament to the just how uh, you know just how well React was built. Yeah, yeah. And so um, I'm almost done. Sorry, Michael. Um, no, it's good. And so then I just threw all of my toughest problems that I'd ever run into as a front-end developer at React. I built an accessible autocomplete next. Um, I did it in like two days. Autocompletes typically would take me two or three weeks in other in other uh, abstractions, um, and uh, man, what else did I throw out? I, I threw well. If you watch my React JS Conf uh, talk, you'll see a lot of other interesting use cases that I threw at it. Uh, but I just threw my toughest problems at it, including testing. Um, how do we test these? And that was just sort of laughably easy. Um, <laughs> so I just threw all of that at it, and then at Instructure we had this Hack Week, and um, I encouraged a couple of my coworkers to use React for their for their projects, and then tell me what they thought. And every single one of them came back to me after their project, after a week of React, and they were like, "When are we putting this into our stack?" Uh, and so, and then that cut to Michael is when I saw his tweet. Oh yeah, cut to me. Okay, so so I pasted a copy to the uh, uh, or I pasted sorry a link to the tweet in in the chat. Um, so so anyway, so I. I was doing my uh, doing my thing in Ember one day, and uh, I actually read an article uh, that morning by um, James Long that mm. was entitled uh, "Removing User Interface Complexity or Why React Is Awesome." <laughs> and uh, I- I'm I'm a little slow, so it actually took me like two or three times reading through that uh, that piece before it finally clicked uh, what React was doing and why it was awesome. And so anyway, I you know I go back to my Ember app and and uh, and I just I was I, I felt like uh, you know I was having this context switch between um, my controller and then my template, and I would have you know two files open or three if I was you know putting CSS and applying styling to my template as well. And so I, what I was having to do was I was having to switch back and forth between all of these files, and so I tweeted and I said you know I. That's just one of the most awkward parts about Ember for me is the context switch. And then Ryan immediately replies and he goes, yeah, JSX. I, like, I really like JSX for that reason. And it's funny because uh, JSX for a lot of people is kind of, kind of leaves a bad taste in their mouth. But, right, right. You know, for me it was, it was the thing that turned me on to React. It was like there's absolutely no reason why my template needs to live in a separate file as my controller. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my, my templates eventually just turn into this dead code, uh, and, and you know, my controllers, that's where I really want to live and be, and be coding the whole time. Uh, and so you know, he, he started tweeting about it, and, and, and I said, yeah, you know, exactly. That's, that's exactly what I mean, that JSX is so nice. I, you know, and, and, um, it's the same concern. It was like... Yeah, oh, it's absolutely. It's the data and the data being displayed on the page and how, you know, the controller is the representation of your data. Well, so is a view. 
right? The view represents your data. It's just in DOM instead of in objects or whatever you've got. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so it wasn't, what, one or two days later when, uh, you know, I was still sort of thinking about this. I was, I was tinkering around with React, and, and Ryan uh, kind of pings me on chat, I think it was, and he said, hey, Check check this thing out. <laughs> it was the uh, it was V one or V sorry V one. We haven't even gotten to V one yet. It was V zero dot zero dot one of uh, the router, and yeah. uh, we've been hacking on that thing ever since. Oh, that's awesome. We were sort of just acquaintances at that time, still. Oh really? Wow. Yeah. I the only the yeah the thing that I knew about Ryan was he liked Require JS, and I was like I didn't. I, I, I've always had a hard time understanding Require JS. Yeah. Oh, AMD. AMD was the thing. Yeah. Remember when I met you that one day at uh, yeah. it was like Mountain West JS? Mountain West RubyConf. They didn't <laughs> have the JS one back That's then. That's right. The, Ruby. the RubyConf was like three years ago. And I was like, man, I don't get AMD. And I was talking <laughs> to some guys from instruction, and they're like, we have a guy who knows all about AMD. We need to go talk to this guy. And it was Ryan. And I was like, oh, it's this guy. I don't know. Uh, for me, it was, it was always about the modules, not necessarily about he's, how they look. You guys, no, dude, globals, globals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, awesome, well, fantastic. That's a, that's a that's a great story. I'm glad you guys shared that. Um, then all of a sudden, the router was popular, and we were like, "Oh crap!" Yeah, God. yeah, it took off. <laughs> we better make this thing work. Yeah, so so Michael we rewrote all my code. Then we stopped sleeping, <laughs> and then our our kids stopped. <laughs> hanging out with us and our wives and it was, yeah. got ugly for that. Yeah, I know it. It is such a great, uh, great, uh, great thing to add though, to the, uh, to the react family. I mean, it just really brings, you know, um, all the, all the concerns about routing, you know, just takes care of those for you and gives you a nice way to be able to fetch data and, and, uh, you know, and all that for, for your routes. And, and so, yeah, I just, uh, I really like it. It's, it's, it works really well. So. We're still working on that data fetching use case. We still want to make that really, really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, that that'll probably get us into uh, talking about about relay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and GraphQL, which is uh, sort of the next thing that a lot of people are anticipating coming out from Facebook. Um, they gave a great talk about it at the at React Conf, um, and it it is definitely sort of the next concern that everybody's like, okay, so I've you know I've got my view layer and I've got you know, uh, 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 the router, so I can sort of, you know, manage which components are showing when. Now, how do I get data into them? Uh, and Facebook is doing has, is doing some really awesome work uh, around this problem. Uh, we've actually been uh, really super impressed with how open their team has been with us. Um, they've actually you know, invited us down to Facebook headquarters and we've been down there and we've talked with them about the problem um, and how they're solving it and how we could adapt the router to be more friendly to, uh, you know, things like GraphQL and Relay and and uh, and solving this problem specifically of data fetching. Um, and, it, and, you know, it's this is just an aside, but, you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, they, they'll say, you know, that the community is important and then they don't really show that the community is important. They don't really take time to listen to the community. Right. Um, but this is something that I really feel uh, that the React authors have really uh, seriously nailed on the head because they'll say that they care about the community and then they'll show it by listening and by participating 
and yeah. by you know working with us um, to help us to you know understand how we can be building things better. Um, and and for us, it's just been a total pleasure working with them. Um, so anyway, getting back to the to the data fetching thing, um, we've been uh, we've been considering uh, lately some a, a lot of uh, you know modifications to the high level router API. It's all on GitHub. You can go and, and check it out if you want. But um, th a lot of it is is built around you know resolving these concerns that uh, the that uh, not only the relay team has, but also the React Native team, and just you know working to to make an API that satisfies uh, you know all these different use cases, um, which we we think we've got a pretty good handle on now that we've been working on it for a while, and and we've got some uh, exciting ideas uh, in the pipe and, and and on the way, but you know just takes a little time to get get stuff done. Now that we actually know React, we can probably build something even better. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's a, it's pretty exciting stuff. Oh, right? React has kind of shifted. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, sorry, I was just going to say React has kind of shifted a bit too uh, with uh, their um, very um, just future forward. Um, yeah. Just uh, opinion attitude mm -hmm. toward JavaScript. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now that we have you know six classes and stuff like that, um, right. that that will definitely influence the uh, the final API that we have in the router. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's been really neat to uh, to, to see all this come in into play pretty quickly, and 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 I've just been loving, uh, you know, like you mentioned before, using Babel and uh, uh, you know being able to to write uh, you know the newest uh, ES6 code, you know, uh, with React and and get that all transpiled down to something that can work everywhere. So uh, it just works really nice, and that's been great. But yeah, relay uh, that was a uh, that was a fantastic um, presentation at uh, React conference, and then I guess there's been um, you know some blog articles about it uh, recently that we'll link yeah. to. Um, but yeah, it's pretty exciting. I mean, and I guess you know, in a nutshell, it's kind of you're kind of um, um, defining more of the what 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 the component needs as far as data um, mm -hmm. near nearer to the component or in the component, um, such mm -hmm. that it can. But the end, relay is going to then go ahead and make that efficient. It's going to go and find out all the things that are needed yeah. and make like one fetch to get all of it or something like yeah. that. So, yeah. So the idea is you've got the you've got this GraphQL query, which is a static property of your component class, um, and you can you know get that query and and if you know, for example you know, a, a bunch of components that are going to be displayed on a page, well, then you could sort of fetch, you know, get all of their queries at, at once and roll them up into one fetch uh, from your server. Um, the, the really nice thing, uh, you know, that, 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 that dovetails really, really nicely with the router because uh, when, we, when, when the URL changes, um, we know what your hierarchy of components looks like on the page. So we actually go and we match the deepest, uh, the deepest route in your hierarchy that matches. We'll say that's that's the one that matches, and then all of its parent components uh, match as well. And so um, you know, if if these components also had queries on them, um, which like these GraphQL queries where they said, you know, this is the data we're interested in. Well, then we could we could go and and you know dispatch that query using uh, whatever method uh, you know relay has to, to communicate with the server. Uh, likewise, or, or sorry, in addition, we've also got um, 
the ability to, to say in the router, for example, if, if just a sub-tree of your current active, currently active route hierarchy changes, so say you've got uh, you know, view C nested inside B nested inside A, you know, if if C changes to D, but A and B are still the same, the parents haven't changed, well, we know that as well in the router. And mm -hmm. so we could, you know, uh, in theory, only fetch the diff, only fetch the stuff that D needs because we've already got the, the pieces that, that its parent needs. Um, and so, uh, you know, again, a lot of this is just... Um, sort of theory at this point, but it seems like uh, the approach that, that GraphQL has taken dovetails fairly nicely with a lot of the work that we've already done with the router, and, yeah. and we'll keep working with, uh, with the team to, to, uh, to make sure that it, that it happens. Yeah, the most exciting for, thing for me watching the Relay talk, I was just sitting there thinking, we're kind of already doing this in the router, except <laughs> we don't have GraphQL. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Yeah, and I, I think it makes so much sense to be able to have, you know, your data fetching, you know, your data needs um, live pretty close to where you're you know, creating your component so that, you know, when you change something, you can just go to like one place and, and change, you know, both both things uh, versus having to jump around and find something in a different file somewhere else and, and where, whatever. So, so um, components, I guess, are kind of one of the big things we've been kind of uh, talking about here and and so that's that's kind of the basic building block of React, uh, if I understand it right. And you know, how would you describe them to um, to the listeners? Uh, are they difficult to make? Um, you know, is this is this something like a Angular directive or web component, or or is it something uh, different altogether? Yeah. So if you're if you're coming from Angular, um, I'm not trolling. I'm just trying to get it right. It is the same as a. Uh, Isolate scoped element restricted transcluded directive, um, <laughs> okay. which which just means which means that like it can yield a template inside of it, like it can have children inside of it. Um, its scope is isolated, meaning um, like in Angular, you get a whole new scope uh, that doesn't inherit from the parent scope. So the data you pass in is the only data it knows about. Um, and uh, an element restricted, meaning you. It's an element. It's not like an attribute that's going to add behavior. It's it's all just elements. So, uh, yeah, coming from Angular, that's what it is. Coming from um, Ember, um, you, it's actually very much like an Ember component, um, except for there's no two-way binding. So data you pass in, if uh, you change it inside, it's not going to go and change upstream. Uh, mm -hmm. The data only flows one direction. Yeah. Uh, same idea with Polymer and web components. Um, but I like to think of it as just UI. Like a, a web component is just a chunk of your UI. Mm -hmm. uh, throughout my career as a front-end developer, it's it's been a decision to like, well, what what kind of UI is this? Is this in my controller? Is this in my view? Is this in my uh, template? Um, where do I define this property? How does this thing get initialized? Uh, you know, there, there's a whole lot of a whole lot of places your code could live uh, that is all involved in um, describing a chunk of UI. But with React, it's just all of this one abstraction, uh, and they've got the right lifecycle hooks for all of it. Um, so yeah, to, they're they're simple, yeah. they're easy to build, um, and they just represent a chunk of UI, and that's and that's that. Yeah, and the interesting thing too is is how easy it is to create them. I mean, they you know you could start out with just the render method, and and you know pretty much just write what you want yeah. to show up, and then you know later on if you need some of these additional features, you can hook in some other things, but you don't you don't need to start there. 
Uh, absolutely, I, I I love that. I, whenever I, you know, I've I've got a snippet actually in my editor that'll just give me you know the class name and it already has the render method in there, and I I love how easy that is. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So this is exciting stuff. So I know uh, one of the reasons I wanted to uh, talk with you today was that you guys are offering some React training. So I'd like to uh, to learn a little bit more about that and, and tell our audience. Okay, so uh, yeah, thank you. So Ryan and I have this crazy idea to uh, to go and leave our jobs and start a company and uh, go and talk about React uh, <laughs> because, we, because we love it so much. Um, and so we... Um, we are going to be in Seattle next week. Uh, Redfin is hosting us there in Seattle at their office downtown. Um, and then we are going to be, uh, so that will be on the 9th and 10th. And then we're going to be in uh, San Francisco the following week on the 16th and 17th. Uh, Redfin is also hosting that one at their office downtown on Montgomery Street. Um, you can register for either of these events on our website which is react.js-training.com uh, or just, you know, hit up Ryan or I on, on Twitter and uh, we'll, we'll be happy to give you more details about that. Uh, so those aren't the only two that we're doing. Those are just sort of immediate. In, in May, we'll be in Boulder, Colorado and uh, Boston, Massachusetts. We're actually working with uh, MIT. To, uh, they're going to sponsor us out there. Uh, and then in June, we're planning a, a, a workshop in New York. And then we'll also be uh, at React Europe uh, in Paris later this summer, uh, June 29th and 30th, doing a two-day workshop before uh, React Europe conference kicks off. And Michael doesn't know about this, but we'll also be doing a workshop um, at <laughs> React Rally, which is going to be here in Salt Lake City, where I'm located. <laughs> I love finding out about stuff on pub podcasts for being recorded. This is awesome. Oh, also, we're gonna we're gonna make salary too this month. Oh, maybe, so. oh, perfect. All right, we're gonna actually make some money. That's great. <laughs> I can Fantastic. Tell my wife; she'll be happy. All right. So, um, yeah, that's that's exciting. So that's great, great. What um, what so what kind of, for your classes? These are two day classes, and what uh, what would students learn when they when they come? Uh, so I, we've got on the website um, that we want to make you a React expert. Uh, whether you're a beginner or intermediate, uh, React itself is is not huge. Um, but if you come to one of these trainings for two days, uh, you'll, like, if you know a little bit, you don't know anything, I think you'll walk out of there an expert uh, and be able to take that back to your job, take it back to your team, um, and either start using it today in your existing apps or... Um, be able to start a new app with it. Uh, but yeah, there in, in two days, we, we can absolutely make you an expert. That's great. Well, and would it, would it cover lots of these uh, things we've been talking about? I mean, uh, um, server side, client side, um, you know, do, uh, do you get into um, talking about uh, testing and flux and some of those other, other things that. Uh, yep. 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 React, React um, router. Mm -hmm. So the, some of the primary focus, uh, I guess you can't have too too many primary focuses, but uh, or foci, <laughs> um, but focus a lot on components and React itself, the lifecycle, um, props and state, and when to use either one of those. Uh, how to build reusable components, and then uh, we'll also get into stuff like uh, Flex. And not so much to say you need to use Flex with React, but rather to uh, explain what it is and um, 
what problems it solves because the problems it solves are problems that you're going to have to solve as well. And maybe maybe bringing Flex into your app is uh, not quite ready, or your app's not quite ready to do something like that, but uh, it, it helps you know what problems you're going to have to solve uh, with the rest of the code around where you're putting React in. Um, talk a little bit about isomorphism. Um, everyone's still kind of learning how to do that. Uh, FYI, our reactjs-training.com website is isomorphic, so you can view source on that and see that we actually send down the HTML from the server first. Awesome. Uh, yeah, on the website, we got a whole list of all the topics that we'll cover. Um, all right. Uh, but again, our, our goal is to just make you an expert. Yeah, yeah. That's great. So what uh, what do people need to know um, when they want to come, if they want to be productive in this class? What Should they uh, have some pre, uh, prerequisites that they need to uh, accomplish first? or? So I, I think we hit on this a little bit earlier, but um, it's, it's just JavaScript. You know, it's just... Uh, Make sure that you you know that you're that you're comfortable writing JavaScript. Um, that you uh, it, it would also really really help you if you have some sort of familiarity with uh, some sort of build system, either Webpack or Browserify. Uh, it's not necessary, but it's you know it's definitely helpful uh, when you're actually building your app and getting it ready to go in production. Um, and then just you know, just kind of an open mind, and 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 you really just want to have fun with it. I mean, that's for me the one of the biggest things, and one and one of the reasons I wanted to to do this company with Ryan is just because it really is fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really makes developing stuff fun. I mean, I write a component, and I write another component, and I hook them up, and it's I don't stress about it at all. I don't I don't like worry that I'm you know right not doing something right or putting it in the wrong place because uh, it's so easy to refactor. So, uh, yeah, just, just come, like, ready to have some fun and, and ready to, like, um, you know, maybe change some of the ideas that you have about how you currently do things. Great. Maybe, maybe write a few arrow functions and then ES6 first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> arrow functions. Uh, nobody, nobody even uses this inside the arrow function. <laughs> I, that's, that's what the arrow function is for. <laughs> No, nobody, nobody uses it to auto. They just use it because they don't like to write the word function. Yes, yeah, it's shorter. Anyway, my, rant, my, rant, my rant is over. I'm done. No, no, no. No, when you're in React and you're, map, and you're mapping over some data, yeah. and then you want to call like this.setState or add an event handler, you use this all the time in arrow functions in, 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 in your, React. In JSX you do, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In JSX you do. Oh, yeah, but you're right. I hate writing the word function, and so I'll use arrow functions yeah. all the time. Yeah. I know you yeah. hate writing the word function. When he says uh, people write, he actually means Ryan writes. <laughs> right. never writes the word function. <laughs> yeah. And so um, uh, what kind of format would you are you guys uh, using for this teaching? Is it uh, lecture and exercise, hands-on? Uh, I guess they should have their laptops, obviously. Yeah. Um, so we're going to be doing a lot of hands-on. So uh, especially the first day, uh, Michael and I were actually just going over um, – uh, some of the plans, but the first day, especially, you'll have, um, we'll do a little lecture for 30 minutes or so, and then there's an exercise to uh, get hands-on experience with it and try to get it, like, really, really solid in your mind, and then uh, we, we review the exercise, then we move on to the next topic, and then uh, there'll also be some longer exercises of, like, building a bigger app at the end, and it's, it's not going to be just, you know, we're typing up on the screen, and then you type what we type. Uh, rather, it's we give you uh, some requirements and some failing tests uh, inside of the browser, 
uh, for you to go and, and get those tests passing and, and build build something. Great. That sounds really good. And lots of jokes and screwing around too. <laughs> awesome. Perfect. That that makes things go quicker. Go uh, go more more enjoyable. For sure. Um, we might argue about promises. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm I'm over it. I'm over it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so we've talked a little about, about React Router. Was there anything else that we needed to uh, mention more about that? I, it, I guess in a nutshell, I mean, um, I mean, it's really powerful. It allows you to really uh, make it easy to uh, reason about your routes and to have um, the, the data associated with, with what you're going to use for them. And, and how would you explain React Router you know, beyond what we've already discussed? Well, I would I would just encourage people to go head over to the GitHub repo and and check it out and get involved. Yeah, read the uh, overview, the overview yeah. under the guides folder. Yep, yeah, I, I post I pasted the uh, the link in the chat here, so hopefully that can show up later. But uh, yeah, it's, it's it's you know if you just head over there and 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 just kind of go through some of our examples and and read through the overview, Ryan's done a terrific job of writing up a bunch of documentation and guides and and examples uh, that show really how it's useful and show you the features of the router. Um, so yeah, just head over there and, and there are a bunch of uh, you know contributors and, and people who've really been active and helping us out with the project. I mean, there's no way we could do this project without uh, without a, a vibrant community of contributors. So Yeah, um, and especially not without Dan Abramov and uh, what's his name? Tauros? Tauros? Yeah. Alexander Yeah, those guys are awesome. Yeah, it's that's uh, you know I actually Go ahead. I had someone come up to me who uh, uh, mobile developer interested in React because of React Native, and uh, had a lot of generally server side people actually getting interested in React as well. And uh, a few of them have asked me, "What's a router?" <laughs> uh, so ah, yeah. Maybe there's a, maybe there are some people listening right now that are still scratching their heads a little bit. Um, okay. But right. we can I, I can sum it up very quickly. If you hit if you use React Router and you click refresh on a React Router app it will most likely show you the very same thing that you were just looking at. Yeah. If you hit the back button, it's going to work. If you hit the forward button, it's going to work. If you command click on a link or right click a link and open a new window, it's going to work. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that, that's what routers do. Make sure that the URL and the screen that you're looking at stay in sync. Yeah, that the web is not broken in yeah. this fancy new future of client rendered apps. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's really slick how how, how well that works, uh, yeah, both client and server uh, use. So, the awesome, thank you. Yeah, the um, we talked about JSX. Uh, you know uh, that that's basically the this ability to um, you don't have to use JSX to use React, but it's it's um, you know it's it's a nice um, option for you, and it, it it allows you to kind of mix in something that looks a lot like HTML with your code, and then use all your normal power of JavaScript to manipulate it and, and loop over things and whatever. Um, and it, 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 at first people get turned off by that, but it turns out to be a really nice uh, way to work with the uh, yeah. view layer. Right. Yeah. Ryan is actually fond of saying it's just functions, right? It's just JavaScript. You, uh, mm-hmm. and, and something that we actually explore in our, in our training course is, you know, a bit of the, the kind of, uh, theory, I guess, you would or need to understand to, to really get what the JSX is doing. Uh, but once you break it down like that and you just see that the JSX is a more convenient 
uh, way to write, you know, a, nest, a bunch of nested function calls. Um, it, I, I don't think you mind it so much. But yeah, if if you if you're absolutely opposed to it, um, of course you can just stick to your JavaScript. Uh, no, no problem there. Yeah. Do you uh, do you find that it's uh, that designers um, getting involved with React is that is it easy? Is it hard? Uh, you know how do you how does that work? That's a that's a that's a common a really common question. Um, so I worked with several designers and talked to them about uh, their experience in React uh, as we were moving over to an in structure, and um, they all loved it. And maybe maybe we have a bias in our hiring of designers that we hired people that would. Uh, be excited about getting their hands in JavaScript a little bit more mm-hmm. instead of just messing with some handlebars or HTML templates. Uh, but they were all really excited. Most of them wanted to get more into JavaScript anyway. Uh, so so they were actually excited to do it in the first place. Um, but after talking to them a little bit about it, they said, it's, it's not any... I asked them specifically, like, is it hard to find the HTML that you need to add a class name to or that you need to reorganize or move around? And... This is all anecdotal, of course, but uh, it's my experience, so it's the only thing I can talk about. Um, and they all said it's not any harder than finding a partial in a Rails app. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just posted a link in the chat to a tweet from uh, Dan Abramov, who, who says, you know, he said, at Stampsy, JSX enabled our designer to author, refactor, and tweak components at crazy speed. Uh, and that's that's really is the kind of that kind of sums it up for my experience as well working with yeah uh, people who who, you know are not engineers but they want to be able to affect change in the app um it's you know it it, jsx looks a lot like html um and so it's not really that scary if you've done html or or css in the past you're very familiar with those technologies already yeah, and uh, when I was talking with Pete Hunt uh, uh, about this, he mentioned that you know that a lot of a lot of designers that he's worked with, they like to think um, when they're creating these uh, UIs, they like to think in like components. They like to think in like you know little layers and little pieces that they stack together, and you know um, you know, and so it ends up a lot of times the actual the real components map really well to what the designer was originally thinking, and so you can kind of get this nice uh, synergy between what they were doing originally in Photoshop or whatever, and then, you know, coming all the way down to eight to uh, the react code. So, Oh yeah. Like in, in sketch or in illustrator or Photoshop, they've got their, they've already got these components. Yeah. Um, and the so layer, they, right? It's really nice to pop into the code and be like, Oh, they almost named this the same thing that I did. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah. Pete Hunt wrote a, wrote a really cool article about uh, it, and it's a, it's called Thinking in React, uh, where he kind of breaks down a piece of UI and shows step by step how to take an existing piece of UI and how it would map to React components. Yeah, uh, that's a really that's a really cool one to go check out if you're if you're interested. Awesome. The other thing is uh, all of the boundaries that a React component draws are the exact boundaries that we want in our CSS. Totally. And so uh, from that perspective also, I think it helps designers uh, because it, it forces us, the ones writing the code, um, to create the right boundaries for their CSS in the first place. And uh, I guess another question that uh, that I've heard you know, recently is, uh, what is this React Native thing? It's been uh, all the news here in the last week or two. 
so can you talk a little bit about what that is? Well, it's, it's uh, I mean, uh, it's, it, you know, I was talking about how React changed the way I thought about building things. So it's, it's pretty rare that, like, the same team blows your mind twice in like, <laughs> 12 months, you know, it's, but the, the, they, they really did like with the, with the react native uh, project. Um, what they're doing is they're taking the same principles that guide the design and structure of react uh, user interfaces and, uh, and coupling that with the power of, you know, native performance. Um, so these aren't web apps that run on your on your mobile phone. These are um, native apps that are built using JavaScript, using the principles uh, of of React. Um, and what they do is they they uh, you, you know they've done a lot of smart things. Like for example, uh, all of the you know rendering uh, is happening on the main thread, and and extra work is going on on the outside threads. So, for example, everything that you're doing in React Native, um, it's it's asynchronous. So when you're calling into the React Native APIs, what they're actually doing is they're going onto a separate thread, um, and they're doing that for performance, for 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 good experience. You want to have uh, the best possible experience for people when they're using your app, which means you know keep as keep anything that's not absolutely essential to to rendering that UI off the main thread, um, you know. And so they're doing things like that that really help you to get like. A really, really good native uh, experience, uh, and but couple that with with the powerful, uh, you know, UI building techniques and architecture that that is React. Yeah, I've seen tweets from people who have done, and I've talked to people who have who have been doing, you know, Cocoa and and uh, you know, and Objective C for years and in, in UI Kit, and uh, you know, if if they really, you know, have taken some time to to investigate React Native, inevitably the feedback is this is a game changer. Mm -hmm. This is totally going to change the way that I build native apps. And these are people who, you know, historically have have kind of scoffed at JavaScript, right? Yeah. Who have said like, you know, my it's not fast enough. You know, it's just it it it's not you know it, it it's it's not native. These are people who hate, uh, you know, web apps, right? <laughs> because they're just not up to the standard that, that the native developers have set for themselves and that, that you can achieve when you use native technologies. And these, peop these are people who are, are fascinated by this approach that React Native is taking. So, uh, you know, when I see people like that talking and saying, you know, there, there, was, there was a tweet from, uh, I, I don't know, and I, I don't know him, and I'll, I'll paste the link in, in the chat afterwards so you can give it to your listeners, but, you know, he's been a... a like on the core team developing UI kit for the last several years and he takes a look at React Native and he says this is a game changer. <laughs> right? when, people, when people like that yeah. take notice, uh, it's incredibly significant and it's incredibly exciting too. Yeah. Um, and, and just the explosion that I've seen uh, in people adopting it and building stuff on it is really, really exciting. It seems like every 20 or 25 tweets in my timeline these days is somebody who's doing something with React Native. It's Incredibly exciting. Yeah, I think the thing that I'm most excited about is uh, as as a user of some service, I, I use their web app, I use their native apps, um, and and as a developer on a team where we have multiple uh, apps for the same thing on different platforms, uh, you really want the user experience to be uh, coherent between all of them, 
and we've all been chasing this dream of write once, ship anywhere uh, to get that, but like that never really works out. And so the React Native approach is learn once, write everywhere. And what this will allow teams to do is instead of we've got our iOS team and we've got our Android team and we've got our web team all building kind of the same product, instead you can have one team that owns one of your products and builds it on all of those platforms because it's it's not the technology. You don't have iOS users and web users. It's the same person. Mm-hmm. And so if your developers are developing your app on all these platforms and it's the same team, man, I think you're going to have a much better uh, uh, cohesive experience for your users and also more speed for your developers because it's not really the platform that slows you down as much as the domain knowledge around a product. And if you've got a team that knows what they're building, and now they can use the same technology on all the platforms, uh, I think that's just going to unleash a lot of teams, um, their creativity and, and yeah. productivity. Yeah, that's pretty, that's exciting. And, and I know another thing cool about, about the React Native is just how fast you can develop, um, you know, by basically refreshing without having a compile yes. step. And that's just, yes. that's beautiful. Yeah, it's just yeah that's a huge thing for developer productivity, right? The web uh, has has that down, you know, especially when you're mm-hmm. using a, a tool that will automatically rebuild things like Webpack. Uh, you know, you just, you make a change in your code, uh, you command R, or if you've got hot loading, in a, you know, hot um, reloading enabled, you don't even do that. You just, you, you instantly see the changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, you know, for a, for a Cocoa developer or an iOS developer who's used to the, you know, waiting 30 minutes or 30 seconds to, you know, a minute or even more for his build, uh, that really makes a huge difference in the, you know, writing some code and getting the feedback on how it behaves cycle, um, which which vastly increases your productivity. Uh, by the way, with with uh, regards to the comment I made earlier about the, the UI kit developer, I found him uh, and, I, and I posted the, the link to that tweet in, in the chat. He's He was a developer on the... Uh, on uh, the UI kit team uh, from iOS 4.1 to all the way through uh, version 8. And he says, I say with confidence as a former UI kit author, React model for the UI layer is vastly better than UI kits. React Native. <laughs> he says React Native is a huge deal. <laughs> wow. That's great, great, great stuff. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, you see stuff like that, yeah. you're like, no, gosh, you better sit up and take yeah, notice. Yeah, it's definitely something to, to take a look at, right? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, you know, and I guess, uh, you know, coming from uh, Ruby and that, I've, I've, you know, in, in Node, I've, I've, you know, been a part of some good, good communities, um, but I'm just so impressed by the React community. I mean, uh, this React conference, uh, where, you know, where we got totally. to, uh, to talk to more people. It was just, it was just fantastic. I, I was such a great community. Everybody's, you know, helping and sharing and, and it's uh, all trying to move, all trying to move our, uh, our industry forward and, you know, find new ways to do things. And I I totally agree. The people that I've found uh, in, in the react community have been genuine. That's the word for me. They, they just, their, their smiles are genuine. Their desire to help you understand is genuine. Their desire to learn is genuine. And it, uh, you know, it's it's really been inspiring for me as well. And there's a there's a culture of like, who cares what everyone else says is the right way to do things or a best practice? Like, what actually helps me ship things, and what actually helps me build things, and what actually yeah. is fun, and uh, and it's resulting in uh, incredibly good abstractions. Fantastic. 
Well, man, I, I, uh, guys, I just loved talking with you today about React and, and all the, the family of products, uh, projects out there. Um, but I guess we need to close it up. Uh, so I want to uh, make sure that everybody checks out uh, reactjs-training.com, and we'll have links for the show notes. Um, and definitely, uh, the, you know, the, the classes are uh, Seattle, San Francisco in April, Boulder in May, and Boston. And Boston, yep. And then uh, I don't know where the rally one was at um, or which month. Um, and then That'll be in, in Salt Lake in August. In August. Yeah, okay. late August. Uh, June got New York City and uh, uh, Paris, France, uh, end of June. So, um, yep. so lots of check it out. ReactJS-Training.com. Um, it's got the uh, you can sign up there. You got all the information about what they're going to teach, um, and so uh, and of course you can even suggest additional cities and um, and all that. I get uh, on that note. I mean, we can uh, we actually do private trainings for people's teams as well, which we customize a lot more. Meet with the the team and. Uh, figure out what they what they want to get out of the training. So it's not just these public ones. You can contact us for private training as well. Fantastic. Um, and so uh, beyond that, any any other uh, ways that they should um, uh, reach out to you or follow you? Uh, yeah. So on Twitter, uh, I've pasted both of our links in the okay. uh, both of our Twitter profile links in the in the chat. I'm M okay. Jackson. Ryan is Ryan Florence. Um, and, uh, yeah, on GitHub as well, we post a lot of, you know, we do a lot more things besides just the router. Um, you know, we're, we're doing, uh, a lot of different projects on, on GitHub. One of the projects, uh, recently that I've been doing a lot of work on is called Mock. It's a HTTP server and client library for JavaScript awesome. and proxies. Like, you basically build whatever, uh, sort of HTTP app you want with it, so... That's one that uh, actually a lot of people have been like starring ever since I've been working on the router because they're like, oh, let's see what other stuff he has. So that's, <laughs> Excellent. That's and then they go, oh, Ryan hasn't written docs for this yet. <laughs> uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to like bribe him to write some docs for it. He's, he's a hard man to sell. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Michael and Ryan, it's just been fantastic. And uh, I've, I've really enjoyed uh, talking with you. And it's been great to... Uh, to share and hope that uh, hope the training is a big success and hope that uh, we can spread the word about react to, to more people and, and grow the community thank you jeff it's my pleasure yeah, to, thanks, to have been on this call with you guys yeah i appreciate it yeah it's a lot of fun thanks jeff see ya bye thanks for listening to this discussion about react js with michael jackson and ryan florence i hope you enjoyed it as much as i did Michael and Ryan are two genuine, good-hearted developers who want to share what they've learned with you. So check out reactjs-training.com for a list of cities for their two-day training offerings or hit them up for private training at your office with your team. That's reactjs-training.com. We have a special discount link for CodeWinds listeners to save $300 off their April 16th to 17th React training in San Francisco. Go to codewinds.com slash reactsf, R-E-A-C-T-S-F. That will redirect you to their site with the discount code applied. So jump on that to reserve your spot. The links and show notes for this episode are available at codewinds.com slash 15. If you would like to keep up on the latest in web developer news and training, follow me on codewinds.com, where you'll find this podcast, tutorials, and video training covering JavaScript, React, and Node. 
Stay tuned for more React content on CodeWinds. I'm preparing a video training course on React that you'll be able to take at your own pace or as part of a class. Head over to CodeWinds.com and click the yellow button to sign up for my Leading Edge member list. I'll be providing information about becoming charter members for the course in the coming weeks. If you have troubling questions, topics, or app projects you would like to have covered on CodeWinds, visit CodeWinds.com topics. Provide your suggestions or add a plus one to existing ideas. I'll use this to prioritize my future content for you. That's CodeWinds.com topics, T-O-P-I-C-S. Until next time, this is Jeff Barczewski with CodeWinds. Music by Audionautics.com.